Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If the R number is below one. Now, keeping the R number down may be difficult as more and more people seem to be ignoring the rules and gathering in large numbers. Uh, Warren Point, the latest place to have shameful photographs coming from it yesterday afternoon uh, and also on the program this morning is there a growing black market in child minding the national trust properties that are set to reopen we look at those and indeed there's a barbecue frenzy at the moment might you end up making yourself ill uh, we'll be talking about that on the program in the sunshine as the morning goes by. But I want to speak to Joanne Stewart, who's the CEO with Northern Ireland Tourism Alliance, and also Colin Neal from Hospitality Ulster. You may have seen Colin on the TV last night, uh, speaking to Becky Hawthorne on UTV. Uh, Colin, you didn't seem too happy. There's there's something coming your way now. There, there's a possibility of movement that you were calling for, but you, you, seemed, you seemed slightly grumpy on the television last night. I think the term is passionate, worried concern for our industry, for the people that work in it, Frank. I mean, we are we now, I mean, everyone knows the Chancellor's going to tell us that employers have to contribute to the furlough scheme at the end of July. I mean, without a date, we are now going to have to move. Our members, our businesses in the hospitality are going to have to move and trigger redundancy notices. I mean, this is tens of thousands of people. We are back where we were 10 weeks ago, when I pleaded with the executive, when we fought with Westminster to get support, and we got really good support. I have great praise for, for all our ministers here in Westminster. The level of support has been fantastic, but it's going to be wasted because it's a bit like we're on a lifeboat and they're going to kick us out five miles from shore. Yeah, I see a headline here in one of the uh, onlines that says Northern Ireland tourism and hospitality welcome lockdown easing but need certainty. Also, pubs and bars looking to use outdoor spaces. So that's written with a positive vibe, but there's zero positivity coming from you as a major representative of the hospitality industry. I I need something to be positive about. And I really genuinely... Our industry and myself personally appreciate all our, our ministers have done. Uh, the first and deputy first have been, you know, we only have to lift the phone and they speak to us, our economy minister, our finance minister. But the hard fact is we now need a date. We need a date to plan to. We need to know we're going to be open at the end of, uh, you know, by the end of July when the money drops because that's when all the redundancies will happen. But the problem is we have to start that process now. So the date would stop that process. We we are sitting ready with yeah, all but our Colin, 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 you, you keep, Colin, 
But Colin, your industry keeps saying that. Why don't you just set a date yourself and aim for that date? Because the First Minister, the Deputy First Minister and the medical advisors and the scientific advisors can't give you a date. They can guess the same way you can guess. I could guess a date. But the R number could go up and your date's scuppered. Right, that, that, you know, you and I would guess they would make an educated uh, estimate. You know, there they are. You know, lots of advice there, lots of procedures. But the, but the hard fact is, look, if we guess a date and we buy in perishable stock, you know, where we, I might as well stand out and pick a star and say that star told me that date. You know, our government have you know incredible scientists and you know resource. And yes, look, it might be wrong. And we might get caught out, but it's an awful lot firmer and more secure a date from government. Um, and, and when it comes to outdoor space, I mean, we're sitting ready with all, all the training, all the risk assessments. What's the difference between a pub or a restaurant working in outdoor space as opposed to six people sitting in my garden having a beer socially distancing? I'd actually bet money that the pub and the restaurant, the, the beer garden or the pavement cafe, would be actually more controlled because there's an onus on the owners to control it. And, and also like the smoking ban. You know, if you went into a restaurant and somebody lit up beside you, their cigarette would be out or they would be out really quickly. And that will be the same with our social distancing measures. So you know, outdoor space will not solve all our problems, but it's part of a solution. And we need now to start putting dates in place. The Republic of Ireland the dates in place GB have dates in place. I mean, we need to be in there because, look, we're going to fall off a cliff. We're going to be back with war before this started. We're going to see the furlough money. You know, our guys have no money in, and it's a really simple economic argument. No money in, no money out. So we won't be able to pay the 20% come the end of July. So we're back where we were at the start of this. All of those jobs, all of those jobs are people, people with families, people that need fed. Colin, one final question, because it's already coming up on the screen, but we've had this conversation, I think, at least twice over the last number of weeks, you and I, on, on the radio. But people are asking it again this morning, and you touched on it about keeping people under control and the, following the rules and you insisting, your industry insisting they adhere to the rules. Uh, how do you convince people who are inebriated that they're too close to the person beside them? Right, I think you have to start with... Stop picturing our industry like it was before lockdown, shoulder-to-shoulder bars and back-to-back restaurants. There'll be, people will be spaced, and there's a range of controls in place, and we're happy to work with government to, to look at everything. Do we have where there's no late-night opening? Do we have where you book a table for a certain length of time so that you, know, you can only have you know, a certain time to drink? There are lots of ways and options to do this, whether it's through, sorry, can't speak, through behavioural, you know, physical, uh, technological. But, you know, you can't write off these jobs. We have a moral duty to find a way to do it. And that if somebody breaches it, then we hang them out to dry. But I think, you know, we just can't go, oh, put that in the two-top box. We're in with phase five with buses. Are you telling me our pubs and restaurants cannot social distance better than a bus? 
Colin, you did say at the very beginning you're passionate about it, and every time you come on, you make uh, convincing arguments on behalf of your industry. Thanks for speaking to us this morning. Colin Neal, the CEO of Hospitality Ulster. Joanne Stewart is in a similar position with the Northern Ireland Tourism Alliance. Joanne, just on the date that Colin was lobbying for there and calling for, if you had a date, it would be an advantage. I say again that... A date is a guess. Even to the scientists, it's a guess because we saw yesterday in Warren Point hundreds. I don't know how many. There, there may have been 700 young people on the pier in Warren Point, like as if it was an open-air party yesterday afternoon. That's irresponsibility with a capital I. It is beyond belief that those young people are doing that and taking all that mixing home to their families the R is going to possibly go up because of the behaviour patterns over the last week or so. How even could a top scientist guess a date for reopening any mix-and-match facility? Um, um, no, you're, you're very right. Um, um, and, I, and I think that comes down to, you know, there obviously is a, a personal responsibility that we, that we all have to take um, if we're going to move forward. Um, but it's, a, it's about having that um, indication um, of a date, um, as, as Colin had said, you know we need to we need time to put measures in place. We need time to get staff prepared, and also we need time to, to allow visitors that they can book with confidence because they know the measures have been put in place. But what will happen is, and we, we're starting to see it, um, hotels will decide on their own date. Um, so I've had an email from a hotel I, I stayed in before, you know, telling me they're opening from the 27th of July. Um, and what we want to try and see is have the consistency um, across. Um, the industry um, and that's why if we can we can start to get an indication of, of when we think um, you know we'll be okay to open a lot of thinking a lot of work is being done by the industry to look at um, innovative, innovative ways that they can input these measures um, for example you mentioned the National Trust which is a, a great step forward and they're um, implementing um, measures including you have to book in advance so if you want to go to Mount Stewart you know you'll have to book a slot um, to, to go so there are ways of management uh, managing this obviously there will be exceptions and that's why um, you know there are legal powers given to the police um, to, to handle people who are who are you know breaching um, the, the restrictions but I think um, with regards to um, tourism um, you know, we've been doing that work. There's confidence within the industry that we can put in place the measures to keep staff and to keep visit- visitors um, safe. And, and we just we, we want to just have an idea of, of when um, the executive thinks that we're going to be able to open. Um, one thing I will say as well is that it's great that we have this announcement with regards to hotels. Um, but the other thing is that tourism is, a, is about, you know, provides a lot of the demand for the hotels. So um, we need to ensure that there is a consistent approach to the attractions, the outdoor activities um, that are also able to go ahead so that when people do book to go and stay in a hotel, they can have a, a full experience that there are other things for them to do. And again, with all of those, um, a lot of work is being done to, to how they can be managed in a, in a safe way. Do you look across the water and get the impression that we are more shackled here with the guidance than they are in England? 
Um, we're, we're more shackled because we don't have the dates. Um, and obviously the UK have a clear date that they're working to, as do the Republic of Ireland. With regards to um, the, the guidance, um, it's not that we're shackled, it's just none has been you know, provided. But we are working closely with the UK and the Republic to ensure that it's a consistent approach to the guidance um, of, you know, to make sure that um, you know, people are able to have a, a safe visit. There's lots of information out there and surveys done with the public around their sentiment um, and what they're thinking about travel. And, and the two top things that they want to ensure is that there is physical distancing um, and that they, you know, there's hygiene you know, with regards to cleaning hands and, and all of that. Um, and, and that is something where there's a lot of work that's been done. We've got examples of, of how this has been implemented you know, in, in other places. Um, and all of that is, is ready to go. Um, and um, it's just a matter of, you know, we have to give confidence to the executive that, you know, we are able to open in a safe way. And, um, and that's what the Tourism Recovery Working Group um, is, is all about, is bringing industry together and ensuring that we have that consistent approach. I mean, as Colin said, obviously, you know, we, we do expect um, an announcement today from the Chancellor. We are continuing to lobby alongside the rest of the UK tourism industry on the need for a sector-specific approach. But if they are going to introduce where you're going to have to start paying from August, um, you know, that, that is going to cause a real problem if we don't even have an indication of, of when we think we're going to be able to open. Yeah, the suggestion that the Chancellor is going to say that those who are employing staff are going to have to pay at least 20% of their wages, even if they are closed from from August. Will that put some people under? Absolutely. You know, we, we know that, um, you know, we're not going to be able to open at the levels, um, you know, pre-COVID-19. Um, so we're going to need time to allow businesses to start to build up. Um, and what we don't want to do is we want to be able to retain the skills um, within the industry. So we're going to need that, that longer period um, so that we can phase in and, and to bring back staff um, into the businesses. Now, we are still working very hard um, with the Chancellor um, with regards to tourism and, and the need for that um, specific approach. Um, so even though there will be an announcement made today, we are still working hard to, to see what we can do um, for, for tourism. But absolutely, it, you know, it, again, it comes down to that financial viability, Frank. Um, you know, the businesses, they want to open, but, but they can't open if they're, if they're losing money and can't cover the costs. So you may have businesses that will decide it's not financially viable for them to open. Um, and, and so we've got to do everything that we can help these businesses at least to open and get some of the season um, because, obviously, again, we war- go straight into the winter season, um, which, is, which is very quiet. Um, so, it's, uh, you know, we, we have to give um, businesses uh, a real chance um, to, uh, to get back open and, and start, um, you know, rebuilding the businesses. And incredibly frustrating for everyone involved in tourism when you have this run of weather where we have about eight or nine weeks of almost perfect weather and not a, a cent being spent. I, I absolutely, and 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 that's why tourism is, is is so important. So that it encourages people to go out, um, and then encourages them to spend money. That supports the hotels. That supports the hospitality um, industry. Um, because the other thing um, that that why we need that date and time and, and date to work to is that we also need to to get those reassuring messages out to the public, um, so they have the confidence confidence to book, um, and and let them you know so that there is clarity, there is an understanding of of what people are able to do, um, and you know and, and what's open, but it. 
just but by doing the way the way they've done at the executive i think you're just going to get an inconsistent um approach um and and really what we want is it is a joined up approach to the tourism industry and, and being able to open and do you get a sense that they're going to listen to you at executive level? Will they come up with dates? Will they actually be in agreement among themselves with regards to where they're going? Because you do get some mixed messages from different ministers. Um, yes, you do. However, you know, when they do make these announcements, um, they, you know, they do come out as an executive. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're working through, you know, with the, with the tourism um, recovery working group and steering group with, uh, with uh, Minister Dodds. Um, and, I, and I think it's, you know, there's, there's so much work that's being done and it's what we're putting forward is that we, we have the guidelines, we know what needs to be done, we are confident that we can, we can open um, in, a, in a safe way uh, and it's, I suppose it's giving the executive, you know, that confidence and that's what we continue to do um, so that they're aware of, of, you know, what these tourism businesses are able to do. And I think, it, you know, for again, for the public, um, you know, they want to be able to get out and, and, and do something different. You've had this approach that six people, you know, from different households can, can come together. Um, and what we want to be able to do is, you know, can we, can we provide, you know, walking tours for, for those groups? Can we do different things? Um, you know, to, to give somebody, some people, you know, to give people, um, you know, activities that, that, you know, that they can do. So I just, it is very difficult. This is obviously a public health, um, you know, um, situation. Um, and I do appreciate that um, the executive, you know, need to be cautious. But I think they also need to, to listen to industry and, and see the confidence from industry that, that we know what we need to do. Um, we can do it. Um, we need a bit of time to, to prepare, um, but we can work with them um, to ensure that we can open and get some of the season back this year. Just one final thing, Joanne, because I say this considering people whose jobs are on the line, and I have to keep that to the fore of my thought process whenever I'm asking the questions. That considered, it is a health crisis, and there's evidence that people are losing interest in towing the line with the rules and regulations. What would you say to people in those main tourist towns, the Newcastles, the Bangors, the Port Rushes, the Port Stewart, the Warren Points, and so on and so forth, that are having a lot of visitors, and in particular, the example I've used is those pictures that came out of Warren Point yesterday. It was, it was nothing short of shameful how many people were on the pier together. What can be done locally to stop that from happening? Well, this is the thing I was saying as well. It's about that messaging and an education, um, so that and, and working very closely um, with the police. Um, you know, these these communities. The thing with tourism, it does support these um, these uh, local uh, communities. However, um, you know, we do need to ensure that. Um, you know that, that um, you know we're managing the, the people that are that are going in, but I think it is it is about education for the public um, and understanding if we don't adhere to to the, the restrictions and, and the physical distancing, it will set us back. Um, and you know this is all about you know we, we all have a personal responsibility, um, but it is it, you know when in those situations it is working closely um, with the police and, and we've seen that they are able to do that and, and, and come out you know like as they did um, last weekend. 
Um, and it's also we we all need to to take responsibility to ensure that that other people are are following it. I think it is Colin said, you know, with the uh, with the smoking ban. I mean, nobody would have would have let up because other people would have you know would have stopped them and and, and would have would have told them to stop. Um, so it's about all of us working together. The thing is that you know it's a small number of people um, which you know hit the headlines with, with their behaviours, um, and um, and it's incongruent in on all of us. Um, to, to take that, that, that personal responsibility um, to ensure that we're all able to in, enjoy all that Northern Ireland has to offer in, in a safe way. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Joanne, really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, Joanne Stewart, CEO with Northern Ireland Tourism Alliance. And thanks to Colin as well, the CEO with Hospitality Ulster. On a beautiful, hot, almost summer's day. Summer starting at the start of June, but it's with us early this year. You're very welcome to the programme on such a beautiful day. When it's warm and sunny, we all tend to use more water. But it's important we don't waste it. So to save water, try making a few simple changes at home. Grab a shower instead of a bath. Take shorter showers. Fix any leaky or dripping... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.